and welcome to yet another episode of The Dice Are Screaming. Oh, oh nice and hearty, yes. Well, we're back. Uh, we missed Friday, and I was a little hot, and I had a car that necessarily wasn't the best idea to be taking across the town with lots of stoplights, overheating a little bit, so <laughs> decided not to push my luck. Yeah, well, it was a little steamy. Yeah, it was. This okay. past week. Uh, yeah, the, those of us who were out there working in that, uh, that would be me, the only excuse I can offer you for our absence on Friday uh, is that I was out scorching in the sun, uh, but the meat thermometer didn't pop up out of my back to indicate that I was fully cooked, so I just kept at it until I was done. Mm. Um, <laughs> Lightly done, but still done. <laughs> I was still pink in the middle. It all worked out no, okay. You know. Your flesh wasn't sloughing no. off and black in chunks. No, uh, it it was pretty pretty. Yeah, it, it was pretty bad. I didn't get out and uh, and do a whole lot of the stuff I normally do during the week. So, but we're well, more than gonna make up for it with yep, Topic Tuesday. Yep, uh, Topic Tuesday. We got some uh, topic fresh off the presses for you. So uh, hope you enjoy it. It's gonna be a little bit more lighthearted than what we usually do. Yeah. As if we're ever serious around this place. And, well, I mean, that's all you're going to get from the justifiably unpaid intern of gaming podcasts. <laughs> Absolutely. And so, we have some call-ins, uh, particularly from Larry Hamilton. So, we're going to get right into that first. And then we're going to uh, do an update from Twitter about our uh, previous podcast, which was on the uh, Rough Guide to Glamour. Nick Brooks uh, got a hold of me, or, well, just sent me some tweets. Yeah. And we want to touch base on that, so uh, we'll do that as well. And, uh, of course, Jason calls in, so we'll do him last. But right now, it's uh, we're going to do a two-parter from Larry Hamilton. First part, he's talking about online gaming. So take it away, Larry. Hey, fellas, this is Larry with Follow Me and Die. Long time no call. Just listen to your latest message on uh, gaming at a distance. Uh, I've been doing online gaming with Roll20 for... I don't know, five or six years now, maybe a little bit more. And going to plug my YouTube channel. I've got a series, Roll20, for the absolute beginner. And just a heads up, Roll20 is free for the basic tier. And then they've got two paid tiers, depending on how many bells and whistles you want. So it does not cost anything to do Roll20, other than have a computer and an internet connection. Um, there's Fantasy Grounds, which is a separate program you download. Um, if the Game Master buys... An ultimate license the players don't need to pay anything uh, drive through RPG has Astral and there's several others um, so I'll have to talk to you later all right Larry yeah great uh, oh good to hear from you again yeah great hearing from you man great summary too uh, yeah we were all over the place in ours um, <laughs> we did mention about some pay things and uh, you know Join up ease and all that, but uh, yeah, that was a great summary. And uh, again, I'd recommend that to anyone trying to get in is that there is some costs involved, but they're not really tremendous. It just for us uh, working around it, uh, we just use Discord. Yeah, it's worked out uh, as a simple, easy alternative that everybody could agree on. Uh, so that evolved into that over here. Uh, yeah, it, we definitely involved. didn't know the people, and we need more. Oh, face to face time, yeah. The astral yeah. from drive through RPG that's nice to know about. That's good. Add another one to the list, yeah. And you know, these it's good to have these things come out and uh, be a part of the community because when you don't have access to your group, you know, either through distance or just 
circumstance like we've currently been experiencing here, then yeah, these things are a lifesaver. They keep you a lifeline to your friends and allow you to continue on with your game. But uh, yeah, some really good points you raised up that uh, there's a few, uh, like with Fantasy Grounds, yeah, the DM buys in, then nobody has to buy anything. But again, you know, it's, it is what you want to do and what you want to get out of it. That's primarily what it's about. Yeah, and with the soon coming advent of uh, Mike the Neo Luddite getting a, a better quality phone, uh, I'm going to be joining in on these kinds of things very soon, which is actually incredibly important because I am starting to get all William S. Burroughs junkie hunting for a fix about my gaming. Okay, just, you know, you wouldn't by any chance be holding, would you, man? You got a game? Got game, bro? Yep. Got game, man. Gonna be searching dark alleys for dudes in trench coats. Got game. Right here, buddy. 20 siders right here. All right. Um, we got another call in from Larry, so we're gonna get onto that one real cool. quick. But, uh, yeah, thanks for that. And uh, thanks for straightening us out on a couple of those things, Larry. So, good yeah, job, we, man. We, we were all over you. the place because it was our first, uh, you know, one, getting back into the, the racket. Uh, through us for a little bit. Yeah, it was about we three were months Yeah, Very overexcited. We're enthusiastic. We're, yeah. we're going to chalk it up to not that we're incompetent. Nope. No. Definitely not incompetent. Nope. Couldn't, couldn't possibly have been that. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, back with some more Larry. Hey, fellas. It's Larry with Follow Me and Die. Just uh, finished listening to your politics and gaming podcast. Very well done. Um I did a, uh, I guess my take on that in a couple podcasts ago, and uh, it was mostly crickets uh, with one calling about it, and uh, uh, well, as you say, I don't know why people are getting so bent out of shape, so good job, Uh, I... I'm slowly working my way backwards through your podcast since I've fallen behind on way too many podcasts, but uh, keep up the good work. All right, Larry. Um, okay, well, this is a little bit more somber. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. Back to the heavy stuff. Yeah. Um, thanks for the compliment. I'm glad that uh, you enjoyed it. Uh, some people, I mean, we really did. We heard a few people grumble about it but those are the usual suspects of people that i really don't pay much mind about i i don't even name them they know who they are and uh if they get a chuckle out of it or gloat about it yeah uh, if i name them then they would probably take it a little further like see see they're really upset about me i really got to them no, no i matter nope. <laughs> well you know i mean yeah to you and your loved ones uh, you know they i'm sure they do but uh, uh not so much to us that no, no real skin off my nose. No, and, and the people who are up to no good uh, generally don't really care about what uh, the individual gamer thinks or does. They just want outrage and they want clicks. They want to monetize their streams and their YouTube channels to be able to carry forth a message that is just not at all where gaming ever needs to be. If that's your idea of keeping people out or punching down... Hey, good on you. I mean, apparently uh, some people make good money off of it, but uh, I doubt that they're very fun to game with, or in fact, with a few exceptions, game at all. Yeah, that it does seem kind of hard to, to buy into the notion that, like, yeah, I get along with a wide variety of other people. 
In spite of uh, advocating <laughs> a lot of stuff that indicates that you do not like a wide variety of other people at all. Yeah, you know, it just seemed very uh, disingenuous to me. A lot of a lot of these strident voices that come out of the woodwork uh, do not strike me as people with uh, a foot in the, the gamer verse, uh, but seem like they've shown up just to stir a pot and then run for the hills. I'm not really buying it myself, because, you know, this many tables in, it just seems like, you know, gamers are a pretty awesome bunch to me. Uh, and, you know, reasonably broad-minded, and uh, if you're not being terrible to anybody at the table, we all just get along. Uh, I've always liked that about gaming. A lot of it, it's a reflection of the game itself, you know, like a diverse group of people with each with unique talents comes together and is stronger as a whole than they were as individual parts. Uh, you cannot make it through this module without at least one of the four primary character classes. Uh, yeah. Both classes and, and also races or ancestry, whatever you prefer to call it. But yeah, Larry, uh, as I understand it, uh, vicariously peeking in on his Twitter and uh, Facebook page, I see uh, that you know he's had quite the diverse crew of people, including Satine Phoenix, has sat in. Or no he sat way. in with them. Cool. Yeah, yeah old, old uh, Aunt Sadie is, uh, you know, um, she's a diverse character for sure, but uh, she is a hoot. Uh, I love to watch her streams, and uh, as well as the other people that you've gamed with. And, uh, you know, speaking of which, since we live in the same state and you're only like 30 miles away, we yeah. totally should like go and do a co-podcast together. Just putting that in your ear, because... You know, obviously we drag your listenership down. You know, <laughs> less people would listen to you because if we came on yours. So if you ever bond it like you're getting too popular, you're too busy, and you need some time off, just just invite us over. Oh, yeah, we'll, totally, we'll put the brakes on that. Yeah, we'll totally take the ratings, too. <laughs> totally. Oh, oh yeah. Uh, you will get to watch the wreck of the old... Uh, oh. What is it? The old twenty-eight? No, the old twenty-eight. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. We'll bring that train crashing uh, <laughs> to a halt. Um, <laughs> now that you can count on us for, we are the experts on you know, how to kill your podcast. Yeah, but uh, we've been stabbing this one as hard as we could, but it just won't die. Just won't. And, we've, and we've been using the steely knives, no less. Mm. Uh, the beast won't die. But, uh, yeah, thanks a lot, and it's good hearing from you, Larry. Uh, take care, and uh, we'll hopefully talk to you soon. So, uh, yeah. you're more of you, guy. Uh, take care of yourself, man. All right, we're going to be right back with a message from Jason. Hey, guys, Jason here. I won't respond to your inflammatory comments about ducks, but I did have a question about tone. So, when you guys play, do you mix it up? Do you stay serious? Do you do a, a lighter-hearted game where... You're including things like, you know, having a monarch speak like Elvis or have the Moon Rock Cafe or maybe do the Danny DeVito. Yeah, this guy looks like Danny DeVito. And then you maybe use that voice or something like that. I tend to run some of my games lighter-hearted. Like my Barbarians of Lemuria, my Sword and Sorcery, uh, I'll put some lighter-hearted things in there. And, you know, I don't have a problem with that. I know some people do. But I was just curious what tone you tend to play, if you don't mind sharing that. Thank you. All right, yeah. I'll, okay, no ducks were harmed in the making of that episode. We just want to let you know. Um, uh, yeah, and I, I, I feel like I 
I was a little more generous uh, that time. I mean, I, I, when it comes to playing RuneQuest, I tend to fall into the anti-duck camp. But I will say this, when it comes to humor in gaming uh, and having a sense of lightheartedness and you know, a, a certain playfulness about it, uh, I switch camps immediately. I'm back in the, and it seems right and appropriate to have things in games that are release valves, that are, you know, worthy of laughter and appropriate for it, uh, that make it okay to, you know, walk it back a little bit. Let's have some fun. Uh, so, not as rigidly anti-duck as I may initially seem. Yeah, and, you know, how we handle stuff like, okay, does the Barbarian always talk like Arnold Schwarzenegger? No, he does not. <laughs> he simply waits, crushes his enemies, sees them thrown before them, and hears the lamentation of the players. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, we, I, I wouldn't say that uh, all of our campaigns are terribly serious. It's gone back and forth. We've had some wonderfully serious campaigns uh, where the rule of the day was like serious characters, well thought out plots, uh, carefully moving from goal to goal, adventure to adventure, uh, and working towards an ultimate resolution. Some of them have been like that, but there's always been room for humor in amidst it. There's uh, always a good. Uh, there's always a good room for or time. Excuse me. There's always a good time to put in a little in-joke. Most of the humor in our campaigns tend to be in-jokes, references, and things of that nature. Not everybody gets them, <clears> but the right people will. Uh, like and in, some of mine have been like more like ludicrous antics, uh, depending on the character. If it's character appropriate, if I made that character to be random and funny and whimsical, then that's going to happen. If I made a character that is really serious, it won't. And you've been subjected to some of my worst sure, characters. Sure, and I've also done my fair share of subjecting people to my seriousness and dour Dutch humor. And um, so there. <laughs> and you're, you have to take that as it's, it's uh, written right there. Oh, it Cap means that there's no humor. Captain Farstucker. Yeah. Yeah. One of my finest hours. Well, yeah, actually, uh, what we're going to do, Jason, is we're just going to devote uh, an episode to that, and it's starting right now. But, yeah. But uh, we, um, we also have to make a little shout-out to Nick Brook before we cut into our episode. Oh, yes. Nick Brook uh, sent some stuff by uh, Twitter, and actually, we're going to run a little low on time if we cover them, but we'll cover them Friday. So, Nick, if you're listening, tune in then. We're going to cover those tweets directly, and then we'll... Uh, We'll address them in sort of an open letter. That's like, yeah. It's letters from the public. Letters from the public. Letters from the public. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we got to have a letters song. Oh, great. So we're going to take a quick break, Jason. Paul, can you give me a letters song? <laughs> Random cat on the keyboard. Okay. Yeah. That's weird. All right. Yeah. Letterman reference. Yep. Yeah, Letterman Not reference. Not exactly a deep cut. But no, no, no. All right. But uh, we're going to take a quick break, do our messages, and we'll be right back. So thanks for the suggestion, Jason. This one's dedicated to you, my friend. All right. If you're tuning in tonight's topic, rip fresh off the presses, or our voice messages. 
from Jason. <laughs> this one brought to you by Jason. This is going to be hijinks and hilarity and campaigns. Now, yeah, and a good topic it is because, frankly, if you noticed the rise in popularity of actual games for show, okay, where uh, Critical Role and right. others are performing. Uh, and humor is a major element, okay? Finding a funnier resolution or a funnier description. Yeah, not as constantly cracking yeah. wise and doing you know, crazy stuff. It, it's not all super somber all the time. There's a balance. Yeah, jester drawing dicks and butts all over the place. Yeah, you know, you just, you see this process of DMs threading the needle between humor and seriousness. And when you mentioned that, we thought, oh man, that is a great topic. Yeah, we were actually going to do something completely lame, like I won, you know, for Isle of the, or Dwellers, Dwellers of the Forbidden, of the Forbidden City. City, which I, I'm not going to call. No, it I'm. I love that. We market. we do that's, but that's another time for another place. And yeah, we can move that aside. Your call is timely, and so we're just going to go with it. It's a great idea because a lot of DMs have a problem with that threading the needle. Like you asked, like you run somebody if they look like Danny DeVito. Do you use Danny DeVito? Well, yes, but which Danny DeVito do you use? I mean, there's a conundrum in and of itself. Yeah, I mean, I mean do you want uh, the guy from Taxi? Well, that That's my go-to with DeVito, but you may have a different one. You know, or, or do you, like, go for Parks and Rec? Uh, yeah, you know. or Always Sunny in Philadelphia. I come out, oh yeah, Always Sunny in Philadelphia. He's like, I come out with both crossbows blasting. What? <laughs> Inappropriate? <laughs> Too much? Yeah, could be either one. Uh, yeah, I mean, it, where do you go? I don't personally uh, do a lot of celebrity voice type things where, like, I base characters directly off of uh, particular television icons. But uh, I do um, totally hijack some accents for certain characters. And that's where you have to do it. For recurring NPCs, not just routine ones. If you have a celebrity, if you're going to use like celebrity icons, they're like cilantro. You can't overdo it. Because if you do, then all you're doing is just, you know, you're just tapping into a one-line joke and it doesn't go very far. (laughs) The head of the Fighters Guild is voiced by Patrick Warburton. In his role as the tick. (laughs) Well, you know... There is something to say that it can go too far, and yeah. then there's uh, adding too much curry to the stew, and everybody just ends up spending the rest of the night in the bathroom. <laughs> Arthur, I'm doing laundry. So you have uh, two types of campaigns where if you're going to be silly, then just be silly. I mean, if you're just going to run like a, a wackadoodle adventure, just, you know, weeby goblins. <laughs> Sorry, a random phone call interrupted ours. So that's a hijinks and hilarity in and of itself. (laughs) So uh, getting back on track, yeah, we want to put it out there that there is a lot going on with how you play the game when you decide if you're going to do something like a jokey adventure. Then goblins are perfectly suitable because they set things on fire, they eat babies, and they're afraid of dogs and horses. Yeah, the Pathfinder goblins are hilarity incarnate, and Weeby Goblins is a terrific example of a mini game that has kind of grown into somewhat more than that. Uh, you know, it was a little one-off concept, you know, uh, tract that came out. And yeah, all right, there wasn't a lot of meat on the bones, but the comic potential 
was through the roof. Uh, after it got out, it became kind of a little iconic moment of gamer humor, and it wound up being followed up by other releases, which I don't think anybody expected to have happen. Uh, but that tells you how much of a love for gaming with an era of comedy there really is. Yeah, and the moments uh, can... <laughs> they facilitate between tragedy and, you know, pratfall humor, where basically, you know, like Larry Moe and Cur Curly style, Three Stooges humor, you know, where you're punching people in the face and it's funny, you know, or somebody takes a fall and cracks open their skull, and that's kind of cool because it's not you. Oh, oh, look at that goblin. He's on fire. Ha. Huh? You know, and... Uh, yeah, it's always funny when it's not you. Yeah, it's always funny until it's your player character that's the one on fire. <laughs> but all the other goblins won't do anything because they think it's hilarious. No, tragedy plus time equals comedy. Yeah. <laughs> so that's one that way to do it. You fell down a 40-foot well and broke both your legs. And <laughs> yeah. That's, that wasn't very fun. There's a lot going on when you have any type of comedy situation that you try to force and timing is everything so if you're going to run a jokey campaign you have to have the right kind of format as we mentioned by about tune before of course the phone call um tune is kind of the game built for that but it takes a certain type of group and it takes a certain type of game master and not saying that anybody can do it or the only the weirdest people can do it but people who have that mindset already to start out with they can make it work but it takes timing. Yeah, and if you get four people who are very fond of old school cartoons uh, from like the you know from the nineteen thirties to the nineteen eighties, uh, there is a lot of material there to draw from. Uh, now, if you have uh, RPG gamers who are not necessarily used to those concepts, they they've never really seen that brought into a game. They might have a little trouble with it so you know it's not like we're saying only the specialized skilled can do it no the right attitude is all you really need but it doesn't hurt to have a little background fondness for some of the core concepts and kind of drive it home to give a good example uh a tune campaign that i seen played out and i didn't participate in i just only watched it, it was one where they kind of took their cues from drawn together with various types of characters from both the past and the future, or not future, but the present day, um, mixed with, you know, like Super Friends and uh, Masters of the Universe. You know, they have the He-Man kind of guy doing the thing, or the Skeletor villain. Oh, really? Yeah, and they, you know, and so rather than have them in a reality show and following the script directly, it was that they were, as the cartoons that they got you know, sucked into a time warp and they had all these crazy adventures that was set up pretty much like a normal adventure. So obviously things that in the 30s would be handled, a conflict would be handled with a pie in a face versus <laughs> like in the 80s with He-Man, you know, with a Eldritch Blast from Skeletor, you know, sending uh, <laughs> the person falling into a pile of ash. You know, but too much! <laughs> yeah, again... It's all about timing, and it's only about having the right type of area. That's a good way to play a really jokey con concept. But interjecting in normal games, you have to, have, I think, have a mix of serious. Uh, ducks can be serious, although there's always something in RuneQuest that it's always, there's a joke 
in ducks, and I think we all know where it comes from. But at the same time, there has been much done to kind of play uh, ducks as a little bit more serious character. They're kind of like a an echo of halflings or hobbits in them, uh, more humble and uh, woodsy folk who kind of live near marshes and lakes. And um, although in Con of Cons, when you play that game, the ducks revolt that... <laughs> yep, there's too much conflict. The ducks revolt. The rise of the ducks is upon us. Oh, foie gras on the dinner table tonight, boys. Yeah, and depending if you're the Lunar Empire or you're one of the clans, it depends on how they react. But uh-huh. that humor is interjected into the setting, and it's up to you to play it how you want. If you want to have, hey, I'm a duck. What do you want? It's always going to be funny when, you know, a Gooseberry in uh, the Tin Inn's like, what, you want me to go out and do your, all your adventuring for you? Hey, I'm a duck. Okay, then. just How about if we just put this on your bill? There you go. See? <laughs> right there. You never can escape it. You know, it's no matter how oh, well it's going to happen. <laughs> it's been, like, you can't dangle low-hanging fruit like that in front of me. No, well, or like, anyone. That is just good... like slathering yourself in bacon fat and like whacking a mother bear. I know. Uh, with your belt. But you're, yeah, but you, in front of her cubs. The point taken... You can't escape it. So don't try. Just play it as it comes up. And if you laugh a little bit and everybody has fun. Oh, well. So the serious tone of the campaign has been ruined by some humor. Well. Oh, come on. The first time we played, you relented because of my irritation on the subject of ducks. Uh, and there were no ducks in that campaign. And yet, we were full of mighty Python references. Oh, of course. All the way everybody so, getting their arms cut off. Oh. Yeah, we did not go crazy. You lose your arm. Much. No, I didn't. It, Look, look at it. It's on the ground. It's laying right there. Just but a flesh wound. <laughs> I think we just discovered what the uh, secret of the Trumpites were. They're all black knights. <laughs> you cut their leg off and they're like, no! It's not a flesh wound. <laughs> I'll bite your ankles off. Ah. Now, humor in gaming is an essential component. So much of the original material and more recent material has been written with a terrific tongue-in-cheek sense of uh, not just rough comedy, but in some cases fairly sophisticated comedy, where you'll see a variety of uh, deep-cut references, uh, pop culture references and things like that, being slipped backhandedly into gaming. And a, a perfect example, of course, as we mentioned before, was the Elvis-esque RuneQuest uh, major NPC. Now, that kind of uh, creeping, constant under-presence of cultural references and pop culture inside gaming, it's not a subversion of the seriousness of the game. I mean, it's just part and parcel of it. You know, we, we find these references, we include them in our games, uh, they show up in our written works, and they're there because it's people who are creatives sharing their loves of the things that inspire them. Yep, and, you know, if you want to do, uh-huh, oh, mama, well, oh, you're... Man. <laughs> don't have to go kill that dragon. Oh, but enough about me. Let's talk about my hair. Mm. <laughs> Moon Sun would totally do that. Oh man, Elf Prattle gives me gas. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah, there you go. But see, I guess uh, we were playing a Starfinder campaign, and Mike decided for whatever reasons amused him at the time that, you know, whether he was going to throw it or this was just a test of the emergency DM brake service, <laughs> how fast I would put the brakes on his character concept, thus handing him a win vicariously through his ability to vex me at every turn and derail plot lines. Come close, several of them. He played a character called Farstucker, and of course, if you've been listening for a while, you know Farstucker. Mike's not shy about talking about him. <laughs> oh, so much fun. Uh, so many creative things that I was allowed to do, because I'm very serious about playing an, a role-playing game with my friends and developing a good character that has useful skills and contributes to the party. But oftentimes this puts me in a straitjacket where if I use any kind of sense of humor at all, it's really me stepping out of character for a little bit, making a wisecrack, and then stepping back into character and behaving myself. Uh, with that character, I was able to take the brakes off and just go nuts. Uh, just, you know, Ludicrous mayhem, uh, inappropriate bravado, uh, you know. But this is how you wind up with a character who, you know, seduces the undead. You know, <laughs> necrophilia never looks so good. <laughs> That's right. And your ghoul friend. Back on Eox. No, really, let's bone. <laughs> See, this, this... This is what we're talking about. I don't know if he was even... It was like we made music, baby. I was tickling the ivories yeah. from the inside. Oh! <sighs> yeah, that totally happened. So, uh, But this was a lot for a DM to take, and I openly admit that. In fairness, I gave him full warning that this was where I was going. This was going to be a madcap character who was decidedly self-indulgent... Uh, erratic, and not very dependable, but good-intentioned. So he, he let a lot pass that he might not have let go with someone else, because I would also rein it in when it was time. Oh, crap, we got enemies on the, on the arriving front. <laughs> time to put on my game face. Uh, yeah, as the start of the campaign, they met a Sheeran, which are bug folk, insects, uh, oh. more appropriately. And they uh, they were doctors, and he decided to show up as drunk and ask if they got a treatment for that rash. This looks infected to them, and that's when I was right there. All right, uh, you don't even let me get the first wave of flavor text off before you start in. Okay, <laughs> that's how this is gonna go. It told him how the rest of the campaign would probably be. Yeah, and it was. But you part. didn't hate the part where I was giving terrific one-liners that I had written uh, for when I executed a trick shot in combat. That oh. part was pretty nice. Oh yeah, again, it's timing, and that's the whole part right there. Is if you have an NPC that you want to give a celebrity voice to, you know, I was just running chatter on uh, on Discord, and uh, T. B. Gruberman, the dwarf armor in the crime mall. They were. Shadowrunners, they had gotten their contacts burned and set up. Oh, wow, that never happens in Shadowrun. Betrayal? Hmm? <laughs> what? I... Oh, that's par for the course. Wow, what kind of rogue game is that? And that's 
what exactly happened. So they were exiled to the crime mall to try to get some resources and uh, gather some information. And, uh, you know, just, um, I have some characters that, uh, hey, TB group of it. You know what? U.S. Street Samurai. Hey, Crumb Boy. Hey, 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 Booster Head. Come here. Come here. You know what? You, you know what you like? You know what you Street Samurai guys like? You like guns. You know what? I got some guns. Look at this. F-N-H-A-R and Styrog CSL. Hey, what? You know what? These only go, babies go for 9,000 new yen right now. They're going for 4,500. They're totally 4,500 in the rule book. <laughs> but he's not going to let them know that. Oh, hey, if they didn't look it up on their own, whatever happens is on them. Yeah. And, you know, the, of course, you know, the spiel that they had to sit through, um, you know, and I was finally like, they were just listening. They were totally in awe that I could just go on and on. And, of course... Well, that's what the dwarf does, is the NPC just talks forever. And I'm like, I could do this all day, I could do it all night, but, uh, you know, we're running out of game time, yeah, so, uh, you know, the game master just called and said, uh, I gotta, you know, speed it up, so, uh, you know, you guys want some information, uh, you know, I got 200 new yen, you know, you know, grease the palms, you know, help it out. Yeah, tell me what you want, what you really, really want. Yep. Oh, that is the way to... Uh, spice it up with a little flavor text in the middle. But, yeah, inevitably you do kind of have to rein it in. You, you know, kind of the uh, New Jersey huckster. You know, a little uh, cross between Carl Grabowski <laughs> and, you know, a uh, street-side... Uh, uh, some used hubcaps. Yeah, I got some used hubcaps. Just fell off a car, you know. Uh, don't ask too many questions, uh, you know. But they're, they're good. You know, they're real good. You know, you can use them. And that's another part is voices. Uh... Matthew Mercer. A lot of people love him, hate him. Man uses his voice very well. He's a voice yeah. actor. It's what he does. And, and he does a terrific job. I mean, it, it's... To compare yourself to him is, hey, that way lies madness. Yeah, do not uh, place yourself in the position of going, oh, you know, I would be a better DM if just I could do what he does. No, no, no. But be inspired by it. You know, use what voice you have. Some people are very shy about their voices. And I totally get that. And... Also, the personality types of some people is more subdued than others. I'm, I can, I wax and wane between several types of tones in my voice, but they're always loud. <laughs> That's what I've been told. Uh, so. I like using conspiratorial uh, behavior, where like you kind of pull a particular player character closer to you, and you make it seem as though they're in the room having this conversation with the NPC. Uh, which allows you to partly bypass having to put a lot of effort into a voice uh, and just uh, create that, that momentary sense of, you know, like, you know, it's the two of us leaning in to have this little private conversation. Uh, and no more than that. Uh, so you can get away with it without actually using serious voices. But comedy value... Uh, I gotta say, it's a tool in the toolbox, and it's the, a good one. When the jester casts Fumble and the fire giant slips, <laughs> it's funny. Okay, it's never not funny. Oh, oh, the the gnomish bard, uh, where uh, what was it? You you had the king ask me for a song. Yep. Uh, and I, or no, uh, he wanted a rousing, a uh, tale, a rousing tale. I said, ah, let me regale you with the tale of the gnomish baker's daughter and her most remarkable buns. <laughs> and there you go. That's There's a moment of table loss. <laughs> oh! Yeah, he totally did that without any prep. And the time, again, timing is hard in comedy. Um, 
Yeah, improv is just like brutal. Okay, improv. Is Robin not Williams went to the Juilliard and yeah. he tried acting, and the acting teacher told him, um, "Go back to dancing." <laughs> but yeah. look at that guy. You know, I mean, he labored for his improv craft. You know, I mean that he had a the cocaine background. didn't hurt either. Okay, the, the <laughs> manic edge granted by substance abuse was another thing. But uh, he was I, I can't sober be, for a great many years. Yes, so. he, he recovered from that. But you would do cocaine too if you were forced to do five seasons of Mark and Mindy. All right, fair enough. Yep. Yeah. By by the time the shark had been thoroughly jumped, I, I can see where that would uh, that would be a requisite for getting through the day. Yeah. Like, oh, I gotta get yeah. up in the morning and do this, and I have zero enthusiasm. In fact, that would, yeah, no, getting to zero enthusiasm would require an improvement in my attitude. Uh, so, yeah. But, point is, that improv sensibility right. is a huge tidbit that, frankly, does not come easily. So, don't feel bad about not having that. Yeah. I mean, it, you're comparing yourselves to giants. That's practice and lunacy, which <laughs> I have some of the first and a whole bunch of the second. <laughs> now, here's some examples of things that kind of fail in gaming but are meant as jokes. Um, for those who know old school champions, uh, there was a villain, and he wasn't a hardcore villain. He was called Foxbat. And basically what he was is kind of a generic martial artist trickster kind of character who made fun of your character went after the weaknesses and to aid him he had a ping pong ball gun and it was loaded with things like sticky bombs or foam bombs that would fill a room or area with obstacles lived like a nerf blaster of perpetual inconvenience yep and i love it and he drove around in the centipede mobile and it was goofy and it was wacky and that's got a little whiff of that 1960s yeah okay right and that's what they were going for i I recognize it but some people really just did not go well on it because if you're playing most champions people don't have or players and game masters don't have a great sense of humor to start with really yeah me included Um, well all right yeah you I, I got to admit, with regard to that campaign, that is one where some of my more humorous efforts got shot down point blank. Like, oh no, you are not starting this crap in this campaign. That is <laughs> well, not going to happen. We you wanted know. to keep it sane and just try for one oeuvre. Like, uh, I, I believe it was uh, Captain Machismo, who was yeah. entirely based on the, the works of Andrew Dice Clay. <laughs> and that also dates us from the time we were playing it. Yeah, so, uh, so yeah, that got shot down with a quickness that that was it was buried before i even got it out uh and dried off but if you don't understand the connotations of the context that's being implied there especially the subtlety of it it's not going to work and more importantly it's not just going to work it's going to fail and if you have to have the ability to understand the comedy as well as believe in it and comedy sometimes is very subjective of course, you can do the toilet humor or the crass stuff. And like I said, a fire giant slipping on a banana peel 
It's always funny. Well, some people like a camp sensibility. Right. And, and that's that's a unique thing. So now if you're looking at uh, like the Fox Bat. Uh, yeah. And, and the camp sensibility. If it's, of you're playing like Batman. a Batman 66 type of era with yeah. Adam West. That's gonna, that character fits perfectly. Yeah. And that's then, what it was meant as an homage. But you're right you, in the zone. But if you have characters who are looking for something more like uh, the early 90s uh, era of comic. Yeah. Comic. If you have the Punisher with the Fox Bat, he's just going to kill him. <laughs> yeah. Why so, are you so serious? So you you gotta change it up, okay? Just obviously, depending on the players, you've got customized, customized. A goofball like Fox Bat isn't gonna stack up. Well, they did have the marksman in the champions uh, group, but uh, it wasn't just the guy who killed people. <laughs> Anyhow, um. There are some things that work, and there are some things that don't work. If you have a red dragon, uh, like Snarf Quest, we'll just bring this out. Oh, a classic uh, for those who remember the Dragon Magazine mm -hmm. uh, back in its its uh, original print run. Uh, Snarf Quest, as silly as it sounds, was a a hilarious little one page comic that would. Uh, occupied the back end of the magazine, mm -hmm. and it ran for years. I mean, it developed quite a bit. Larry Elmore. Yeah, it was Elmore just strutting a sense of humor, and uh, the uh, lovable hijinks of... Uh, the cowardly character, Snarf. Yeah, that I was going to say, you know, lovable, but... Uh, he kind of stumbled backwards into the honorable choice most yeah. of the time. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and uh, Snarf was not exactly the model of the traditional hero. No, he so. was definitely a goofy hero and uh, who failed his way forward. Um, but they had a dragon there that uh, had obviously been hit by a spell or uh, and had his brain fried on or rewired. Willie the Duck is what he called himself. And he was in the bottom, and of course the sorcerer had... Willie the duck in the bottom of his tower. And Willie would sit in a tub and quack like a duck and act like a duck and was very friendly. Until they hit him back on the head and he became Caravexus, the Red Terror. Oh, particularly upset about the length of time that he had been convinced. Oh yes, and it wasn't really fun when he turned on his former yeah. master with his orcs. And the orc he was in the front of the orcs leading them against the heroes and the orcs were... He was like, get back, you fools. Get back to the tower. What? What? Get back? Where? What? I don't know. Yeah, and then the dragon breath goes off. And... <sighs> Gone. So that kind of goofy humor can work in any campaign. But again, you have to have the right group, the right mindset, and the right circumstances to set it up. And it's, again, timing. You can't let it go to on too long. A joke that goes on too long gets old and stale, and then nobody wants to hear it anymore. Oh, yeah. Uh, anything can be, you know, flogged like right, a, a dead horse. Right, and you push it, I just give Mike a look. And I have done, I have, I have flogged a few dead horses. Uh, and set fire underneath them to get a few more miles out. <laughs> uh, guilty as charged, because yes. if, if the character was designed to be Both. comedic, that has totally happened. Both uh, of us are guilty of that. Now, so. you know, with the more serious characters, of course, I, I really, you know, I have a rep for... Sticking real close to uh, alignment uh, and intention and character class and background, uh, I stick to it very specifically because each one is unique. Uh, it's not 
I wanted to get away from the notion of, uh, you know, uh, whenever Mike plays a character, it's an extension of Mike. No, I, I wanted to push out past that and like try every class and every ancestry and every possible permutation. Uh, a long time ago, I kind of made a commitment to, you know, dip my toes in every possible role. And I've enjoyed almost all of them. I can only think of a very few times that I, I did not really get a chance to connect uh, and feel like I, I had an idea of what that character was about. Most of them went far better. Hmm. Well, I mean, I was waiting for the Priest of Avatar that we were talking about. Oh, well, now... Now, there's a good way to play a very serious, somber character. Oh, and interject a tiny bit of humor? Yeah. Uh, yeah, it was it was a little bit of a subtle deep cut. Uh, you know, a couple of people got it. Uh, but in mid-campaign, as he had become a priest of some substance, uh, and, of course, being of the uh, cult of Abadar, who is a god of commerce and money. Well, mm-hmm. uh, and law. It, yes, and law. Uh, you know, my priest decided that, you know, with his considerably high wisdom, that the right thing to do to show his love uh, and respect for Abadar and for law itself and for wealth and commerce was to write a magnificent tract uh, about his great love for these things. Uh, And I paraphrased it. I just altered the name a little bit. Uh, But it was, it translated roughly to an inquiry into the cause of the wealth of nations Mm -hmm. (laughs) by Adam Smith. Uh, except that this one was by my priest of Avatar. Right, and then... Uh, and those at the table who recognized that, like, what I was writing was effectively just uh, a little anagram of um, <laughs> uh, that famous book, they went, oh, oh, he's at it again. Oh, like, no, 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 that, that was as much humor as that character interjected. Uh, I didn't go any further with that. But that's a good point. It's cute. That... Even playing serious, somber characters, there's always room for humor, even a bit subtle. Kind of not to be pretentious here, but like Joel Hodgson of MST3K or Mystery Science Theater 3000 would say is like, is this too deep? Is this a too deep a cut? Or is this too subtle? Ah, Or obscure? And it would be like, you know what? If only three people get it, then the right people got it. (laughs) Let it happen. Yeah, just let it happen. You know, if, if it falls flat and there's crickets, and you're just like, eh, well, okay. Back to the drawing board. Right. It was funny to you. Yeah. And hey, somebody may hear that story told in a room ten years later, and it will be heard by somebody who totally got that one reference and goes, oh, 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 oh I see what you did there. Whoa. But all right, I we've talked quite a bit about this, and uh, of course we ran a little bit long. But we had fun talking about it, and we hope you did, too. We hope you learned something. And if uh, you didn't and you just fell asleep, well, we totally understand. It's okay. Um, we'd have that effect. Uh, as a matter of fact, if we said before, many doctors have started utilizing us in their surgeries as an anesthetic. Yes, our, our powerful... Uh, <laughs> Droning. Our neck, narcolepsy-inducing... Uh, powers are amazing. Uh, the yeah. surgical applications are fantastic. And uh, hopefully uh, you have something um, you would like to share with us. If you would, of course, you can leave us uh, download the Anchor app and leave us a message there. Or you can go to our Dice or Screaming page on Facebook, the Dice or Screaming, and leave us a message or contact us on Twitter, me at Death Hand Gaming. 
And myself at Magi Box. Right. And we'll put you on the air or talk about you or whatever it takes to get your message out there. Because we appreciate hearing from you folks. And it's good to hear from a lot of our old friends and listeners. So we really appreciate it. Anyway, we're going to wind it up here. But uh, we want to leave you with a good thought. And we hope that you, despite all this, you take some time out and you laugh a little bit. And uh, these times can be a little trying. And uh, I know how it is. But always take time out for a little bit of humor and a little bit of self-care. So take care of yourselves out there. But until next time, may the dice always roll in your favor. We're out. See ya.